Good morning, everyone. Good out of Shabbos. <laughs> With Hashem's help, we start. We start a new tractate, tractate of Ksuvis. Zog the Helikim Mishnah, Mesula Nisas Virgin, the Rabbis instituted that a virgin should get married in the Suyun should be on Wednesday. The mother will explain why. The Kiddushin, the first part of the marriage, could be any time. It doesn't matter. The betrothal. Right. But the Nisuyan, the, the conclusion of the marriage, and then moving in together and living together, the Chuppah, that the Rabbis instituted should be on Wednesday. Valmanda and a widow, the on Thursday. Why? Because twice a week the courts are in session in the towns. This is one of the enactments that Ezra, Ezra the scribe enacted that the courts, if anyone comes to town during the market days and if any, anyone has any, has any issues, they should bring it to the court. Which two days? Monday and Thursday. So if someone marries on Wednesday and then he comes, he argues that she, he found she wasn't a virgin. So the next morning you would be able to come to the Bezden and, 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 and state his claims. Be immediate. He was upset. He's angry. He, you know, it was like a false, false pretense. You know, he thought he's marrying a virgin. That's how she presented herself. And then it turns out she wasn't. So the next morning, he can come immediately to the Besnan and lodge his complaint. What happens if, she, if he finds that she's not a virgin? Is he allowed to live with her? Yeah. Because she had a relationship when she was single. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not adultery. Um, it doesn't prove that she was adulterous in the time between the uh, betrothal and the marriage. It usually was around the 12-month period. You know, maybe she lost her virginity when she was single. Um, but still, you know, maybe when this word, the word gets out, maybe some witnesses will come and testify that she did commit adultery and therefore he's not allowed to live with her. <clears throat> Unless witnesses come forward, we can't say, even though we don't know, maybe she did commit adultery. Maybe she lost her virginity in between the betrothal, which is like a full-fledged wife and it's considered adultery. But we don't know. Maybe she lost it, maybe she lost it uh, before. So even, it's like a, it's, because it's like a double doubt. Firstly, even if she lost virginity, firstly, maybe she lost it when she was single, before she, betro- she was betrothed. But even if it after she was betrothed, maybe she was violated, maybe it was a rape. And again, it's not, it's not adultery. You can still live with her. A woman is raped, unless she's a wife of a Kayan. That's a different story. So tell me what's the Hey, this doesn't apply today because the courts don't convene Monday and Thursday. So no, that's the way. But the, the courts don't convene Monday, Monday and Thursday. So therefore, today you can marry anytime. We don't just make weddings on Wednesday. Why did the rabbis institute that, uh, that the virgin should get married on Wednesday? No, because we learned in the Mishnah. We're going to learn later on in the track date. If a Kiddush, a Kiddush already took place, but the time for the Suyin arrived and they were not married, usually they would wait whatever, however long they waited. And then the time came and he still did not marry. 
So in that case, they eat of his food. Since it's his responsibility is commitment to, to marry her, and from that time on, he becomes responsible to feed her, to take care of her. So even now, he has to take care of her. And she can eat truma because really she's allowed to eat biblically. She can eat truma from the betrothal. The rabbi said you can't eat truma from the betrothal because we're worried since she's living at home, she's, she maybe her family will will partake in the truma and they're not allowed share to eat. Her, yeah. share, share, no, she'll share it with them. She's allowed to eat, but they aren't. But but here it's after that it's reached the time and he made a commitment and he's not following through. The rabbi says she can go ahead and eat truma if he's a kohen. <laughs> you would think that if the time that arrived to get married is Sunday, you would think that already from Sunday he's obligated and he doesn't marry her, he's obligated to start feeding her. So the Kachshanino, that's what we learn. No, that he can say, I'm waiting until Wednesday. So you can't hold me to it and say, well, the time has arrived. It's Sunday and you have to marry her today or else you have to feed her. He said, no, I'm waiting for the Wednesday. The rabbis say, the rabbis instituted, you should only marry a virgin on Wednesday. So therefore, you can't extract um, um, financial assistance to her until Wednesday. If Wednesday passes and he doesn't marry, then you could extract the money from him. Rabbi Yisr says, Marid Avram, Master of Abraham, it's like an expression, like Master of the Universe. The Hashem is the master of Abraham, master of you. He makes a Mishnah that was taught, dependent on a Mishnah that was not taught. Which one do you mean? Which Mishnah was taught and which was not taught? They're both taught. Ella, what his question is, He's explaining our Mishnah. Why did the rabbis institute why did the rabbis institute that you should, you should uh, marry a virgin on Wednesdays? Because of a Mishnah, that Mishnah makes sense. That Mishnah gives a reason. He made a commitment, 12 months, he gave her 12 months of a period. 12 months he has to marry her, consummate the marriage, and he refuses to consummate the marriage. So the rabbi said he has, he's responsible to take care of her, to nourish her, and to feed her. What, why was that an explanation for our Mishnah? That the, that's the reason. Why is that a reason that the rabbis say you should only marry on Wednesday? What does one have to do with the other? Not an explanation. Ella rather eat more. Rather, if anything was stated by Shmuel, this is what Shmuel said. Why did the rabbis institute that virgin should marry on Wednesday? So you'd go the next early morning on Thursday to court, like the Mishnah says. So if it's high, we can ask, so why, why don't you, why didn't the institute, she should either marry on Sunday or on Wednesday, because Monday the courts convene. So the answer is, the rabbis were diligent in promoting the welfare of the Jewish daughters. They wanted a beautiful wedding. They don't want a chaplap wedding, a, uh, a herring and, and, and a little tuna fish. They want a real wedding. You should prepare for three days, prepare properly. A real wedding feast, a memorable feast. Prepare for three days, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. The fourth day, you marry her. The wedding, the wedding feast was associated with the chuppah, not, not with the kiddushin. The kiddushin, you, don't, you just have two witnesses and you give her a ring and then you're done. 
but the wedding feast, when you take her in, that's, that's, that's the, the, the chuppah. So you prepare for three days, you prepare properly, and that's why you can't do, you can't do it on Sunday, because you can't prepare Shabbos. It's not an option. The only option is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday you prepare, Wednesday you get married, and then and he complains. Thursday morning, <laughs> you're already complaining. <laughs> Wait a second. Continues. Now that our Mishnah taught us that the rabbis were diligent, and therefore they enacted the marry on Wednesday. Now that the second Mishnah, we're going to learn later in the tract, the time of the 12 months are up, and he refuses to marry her, he becomes obligated, the rabbis hold him responsible, he becomes obligated to nourish her, and she's even allowed to eat truma. So therefore, in that case, if the 12 months finish on Sunday, of that week, you can't force him to feed her Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. <laughs> he says, no, because the rabbis don't let me get married. The rabbis say, I have to wait till Wednesday. So if the time is up on Sunday, he's, does, not a, he's not responsible for her until he marries her later that week on Wednesday. Therefore, since we said that if, if the delay is not because of his fault, it's not his decision, why did you marry on Sunday? Your time is up. You made a commitment. What do you mean? It's not my pride. The rabbis don't let me get married. So therefore, if he doesn't get married for extenuating circumstances, not because of his decision, it's because she, he's sick. He got sick. He got corona or she got sick. <laughs> Nothing I could do. She started to menstruate. So then he doesn't have to, he says, listen, when she's ready to do a chuppah, even if you hold that technically you can do a chuppah, even, 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 even if she's, she's menstruating, but it's not ideal. You want to be able to marry her that night. You want to be able to be with her that night. So he says, listen, a reason I'm not giving, I'm, not mar- I'm, ready to com- I'm ready to fulfill my commitment. It's just, I can't. My hands are tied. So therefore, again, he doesn't become obligated, doesn't kick in his obligation that he has to nourish her. It's only if he has the opportunity to marry her and he chooses not to marry her, then the rabbis punish him and say, penalize him, say, okay, you made a commitment, you have to... ...amongst the Rishonim, if a chuppas nid is even a kosher. The Rambam, the Rimagash and others say that from the simple reading of the Gemara means he had to push it off because it's not a kosher chuppah. The whole chuppah is based on yichud. Yichud means you can be together, you can be intimate when he can't. But other Rishonim disagree that uh, you don't have to, uh, you know, you don't have to have a real yichud. As long as you, you bring the bride, the groom brings the bride into his home, uh, or the chuppah, you know, it's not the yichud, it's not the physical intimacy. It's, 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 it's like the symbol of yichud, the symbol, that, you know, under the canopy, the chuppah, that you bring, you're coming together. So what does the mission, but still, the husband says, I don't want to marry her, she's in the other. I want to be together with her, I want to be intimate, that's the whole purpose of marriage. So you can't demand him, say, no, you have to take her in right now and feed her. I don't want to take her in this condition if I have a choice. You have no option, you have no option. You know, you set a date for the wedding and then she's in the other. Of course, you're not going to push off the wedding, you know. And if you look closely, you'll see that there's a difference, whether he puts, he puts the ring... You know, he really touches her. He doesn't really touch her, like barely. He just, just puts the ring and then... Uh, but, uh, but it's not ideal. It's definitely not ideal. However, that in the times of the Shah, the times of the Mishnah, when the Mishnah was stated, when they only married on Wednesday, what was the reason they married on Wednesday? 
Because if there's any complaints, the next morning it comes to the Bezdin. If he's not being intimate with her, there's no reason. There's no reason why, why then they can't marry. Why marry on Wednesday? There's no purpose of marrying on Wednesday. The whole purpose, the rabbis say you should marry on a day that the next morning, if there's any problems, you can complain. So he has to wait. So he has to wait until he can be intimate with her on a Wednesday. And then he'll marry her. So he says, when you present to me, when I can marry you on a Wednesday, and we can be intimate, and then if there's any issues, I can come tomorrow morning for the best, and then I'll marry you. You can't hold me responsible for not wanting. When you yourself, that is your enactment. You said I should, you enacted that you should only marry a virgin, a virgin, and you could be intimate with on Wednesday night. So Thursday morning, if there's any issues, you, you, you can bring it up to the best. And the others who, who pose this as a question. What if the, the groom became sick? Did the rabbis also force him to, to, to nourish her? After 12 months, oh, sometime my dear, the reason is from the honest, because he's forced. He can't marry. It's also, it's, it's extenuating circumstances. He wants to marry, he just can't. He's sick. I don't know, perhaps. It's one thing if the reason you can't is because the rabbis made an enactment. The rabbis made an enactment. You can't have the same rabbis making an enactment. You have to nourish her when the same rabbis are tying their hands and saying, I can't marry. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Here, yes, it's extenuating circumstances, but it doesn't matter. The rabbis say, you took, you took a commitment after 12 months, you have to feed her and nourish her. It's not your fault. It's not, a, it's not an issue. It is your fault. It's not your fault. You have to feed her. Continue. If you're going to want to say that maybe you do have to provide her with food, even if he got sick. What if What if she got sick? I'm ready. I'm here. I'm standing. I'm ready to the marriage. Bring me my wife. She, she, she can't come. <laughs> so I have to feed her. Makes no sense. Oydilma, perhaps. Matzah we can tell her, Nistab chasadeyo. You know, you have bad luck. You're, like your field became inundated. It's by forces beyond your control. You bought a beautiful field, and next thing it was the flood of the century. <laughs> okay, locus, tough luck. It's your commitment. It's your wife. You have no mazel. It's your mazel that, that she goes and, and gets sick on you. You owe me. But it doesn't matter. You're still responsible to feed her. Now the Gemara explains. Vesta If she menstruates at the time of a fixed period. Oh, I'm sorry. And then he says, one second. If you're going to want to say that, we do say, yes, you're obligated to feed her because it's your, it's your problem. What if Pearson Nidama? What if you can't marry her because she started menstruating? So Igmar explains, what do you mean? If if she menstruates at the regular time, she has a regular time period, then then there is no question. We continue on side B, 2B. She can't say your field has become inundated. Because it's it's a schedule the scheduled because it's something that, that you could have predicted. So you're not obligated to support her at that point. It's predictable. You, I can't marry you at this time. It's not a question of mazel, my bad mazel. I can't schedule a wedding on, on, on a day that you are, that you're, that we know, we know in advance that you're going to menstruate. You should have gotten the app. Keep the boiler. The question we have is, best. what if she sees, not in a fixed period, she was so excited by the wedding that, that it, it messed up her whole, her whole body, her whole system. 
My kiman lebush has vesti since it's not in the regular fixed period. Matzi hamre loshi can say to him stop us a day. You it's your problem. You feel got got, got flooded and therefore you, you're still obligated to feed me and to take care of me. I don't perhaps kiman deken nashut kumashane vestayush has vested. I mean since there are women, it's not she's not the only woman in the world. There are many women whose fixed periods change. So therefore, kashas vestes them. It's like menstruating at a time of fixed period. In other words, it's something that, that could be anticipated. And she can't say my field in the data. It's something that uh, could be predict- it's predictable, it's possible. You have to take it into account. And therefore, you know, I can't marry you if you're in this state and I don't, I don't have to feed you. So what's the answer? So Pasha Ravachoi, Ravachoi answered. It says now, Mishnah, that if the time has arrived, Rabbi Choy answered the question from our Mishnah. It says now, Mishnah, if the time has arrived and they were not married, it says in the, in the, in the next Mishnah, later on in the track, so she, he has to feed her and she's allowed to eat room if he's a koyin. So what do we see from there? He doesn't say if he didn't marry her. They were not married. Which means that even a delay that was caused by her doesn't say if he choose, chose not to marry. would refer to him. It's his responsibility. He didn't marry. For whatever, for whatever reason, he delayed the marriage. He delayed the marriage. He says, Nisu. If the marriage was delayed either for, from him, from his part, or the marriage was delayed from her part. And nevertheless, he's responsible to feed her. What are we talking about? If she deliberately delayed the wedding, if she's stopping the wedding, why in the world would he, is he responsible to feed her and to nourish her? We have to say the mission is referring to a case, the Isnes governor, like our case. Suddenly she started menstruating, not in the regular time period. So it was her from her end. And it wasn't something she did deliberately, it just happened. And nevertheless, he says, Uktani the Mishnah says, he's responsible to feed her. So we see that he is responsible. That answers the question. Ravashi Ravashi says, he disagrees with Ravachoy. He says, no, it's not a proof. Really, I'll tell you, really, I'll tell you that if it was unavoidable circumstances, he's not responsible to feed her. But the Komakvi, and in the Mishnah, which says, we're talking about a case that he delayed the marriage. Then he's responsible to support her. Really, he should have said, when he chose not to marry but since the Tana taught in the beginning of the mission, the beginning of the mission, it says, well, we give her 12 months for a virgin and 30 days for a widow. So we're talking about her. That's what the end of the mission also. He says, He's referring to the bride. According to Ravashi and according to Rabbi the husband is only obligated to support his wife only if he deliberately delayed the wedding. Right, he postpones. If he postpones. Well, according to Rav if the wedding was delayed for whatever reason, he has to, he has to support, his, support his bride. doesn't matter whether it was deliberate or because of circumstances beyond his control. Right. He got sick, she got sick. 
it's only, the only case he doesn't have to support her is, according to Rav Achoy, if she deliberately, she deliberately postponed the wedding. She chose not, not to go on with the wedding. So listen, I'm ready to get married. I'm standing here. You don't want to come to the chuppah. You have cold feet. <laughs> don't expect me to support you. That's the only time that, that, that uh, he doesn't have to support. But Rav Achoy didn't answer the question according to himself. What if she had an irregular period? Is he, the husband obligated to support her or not? But anyway, the halacha follows who? The halacha follows Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Ashi. That the only time he's obligated to support her is if he deliberately delayed the wedding. If there's any, any circumstances that are beyond his control, he's not obligated to support, support her. Regarding a divorce, it's not the user. We had a discussion... If there was uh, circumstances beyond your control, whether the husband's obligated to support her or not. So the says when it comes to divorce, it's not the case. That if, Eve, if the husband gives his wife a divorce on condition, and then let's say he made a condition that he's going to uh, come back home at a certain date, and then for circumstances beyond his control... He can't come home. So, so the divorce is valid. Even though the condition was unmet, the condition was, it's only going to be a kosher get. No, I'm sorry. No, he gave his wife a get and the condition that he's going to come home at a certain date. If he doesn't come home at a certain date and he doesn't come home, so the get is valid. Because the condition was met. He says, I'm giving you a condition, a get, the conditional that I don't come home. And he didn't come home, so the get that kicks in. I couldn't come home because of circumstances beyond his control. Doesn't matter. When it comes to getting, there's no It's not relevant whether it was because of circumstances beyond his control, not his control. The bottom line is, was the condition met or wasn't the condition met? If the condition was met, he gave a divorce in the condition he's not going to come home. He didn't come home. So it's a good get. Where does Rabbi know this from? Why is he, why, is he, why? Why by Gittin you say there's no condition? I mean, there's no Oynas. It's not relevant whether... It was an oinus, it was circumstances beyond his control. Where do we know this from? Elam, you're going to say, Mother Tnan, because we learn, we learn in the mission in Gitin. The, the husband says to his wife, Here's a divorce, here's the bill of divorce, and the condition that I don't return within 12 months. And he died, and he couldn't come. Ain't a get. It's not a valid get. Why? Because the problem here is because the get only goes into effect after 12 months. He has to be alive then. To give a get, you have to be alive. He died within 12 months. So not because of the condition wasn't met. He's not alive. So there's no validity to the get. You have to have a live husband. After 12 months, when the condition is met, here the condition was met. He didn't show up. But, but he wasn't alive. So there's no one to give a get. So it's not a get. It's not a kosher get. 
Even if he had... No, there's no marriage because he died, but it's not a get. So therefore there's a leverage responsibility if it was a get. She would, she would be free to marry anyone. Wait, even if he had an, uh, an agent? A condition. The get, if I don't show up within 12 months, right. then the get is a get. So in other words, the get doesn't kick in until 12 months. Right. By 12 months, he's dead. There's, there's no one to give a get. There's no husband. Yeah, so it's I not a get. Yeah. So what do we see from there? So what do we see from there? Mesu then again. It's only because if he dies. Hachalo, what if he's around, but he got sick and he didn't show up? Or he wanted to show up. But he couldn't show up because he was sick. He was bedridden. Doesn't matter. Then it is a get because he's alive and the condition was fulfilled. Even though the condition was fulfilled only because of circumstances that are beyond his control, he wanted to show up. He wanted to nullify the get, but he just couldn't. Doesn't matter. You made a condition, you made the condition was fulfilled, it doesn't, it, we don't take into account that the, that the condition was fulfilled only because of circumstances beyond his control, beyond his, no, it doesn't matter. The get is a get. So we see clearly that this is the source for Rabbi's opinion. So how do we know this? Vidilma, perhaps, maybe I'll tell you the Mishnah means really even if he got sick, it's also not a get. Because even though the condition was met, he says, the get kicks in after 12 months if I don't show up. But since the reason he didn't show up was because of circumstances beyond his control, was an oinus, he wanted to show up. Therefore, it's not a get. The condition was, if I choose not to show up within the 12 months. If, if 12 months go by and I don't show up, that means I choose not to show up, then it's a get. Here he wanted to show up, he just couldn't. Yeah. So really, even in that case, it's not a get. So why does the mission only tell us that he died? The mission is coming to teach me. It's coming to teach me a separate law, nothing to do with condition. Nothing to do because of condition. That it's not a get because, because he died. Because even though if a condition was fulfilled, he didn't show up for 12 months, <laughs> and he died, so surely he can't show up. But, but since he's not alive, at the moment of the get, after 12 months, there's no one to give a get. So he's coming to teach me that halacha. He's not coming to teach me only in that case. The truth is, even in the case where he got sick, would also, I would also say the same, that it's not a get. That maybe, circum, maybe if you don't fulfill the condition because of circumstances beyond your control, we do take it into account. Maybe in that case, we would also say it's not a get. Because no. he's present. Yeah. But even though he's present, but he wanted to come. He just couldn't. So maybe in that case also it's true, it's not a get. So you can't bring a proof from that Mishnah to Rav's position that we, we don't take circumstances that are beyond your control into account when it comes to get. So your mother says, Ain't get lacha misa. Are you, coming to, are you telling me that the Mishnah is coming to teach me that there's no get after the mm. husband dies? Well, you make a condition. But if you make a condition and, and, um, and the husband dies before the moment of the condition, the condition was after 12 months, he's no longer alive after 12 months. I need that mission to teach me that law. We already learned it earlier in the mission. It says, A person says, the husband says to his wife, here is the get, if I die. Then I'm giving you a get, so you're not obligated to extend the marriage, to carry on the marriage, to live with my brother. 
the marriage is over, or if he says, this is your get from this illness, this is your get from when this illness goes away, when this illness goes away, then it's a get, but when does the illness go away? <laughs> when he dies from the illness. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he's no longer ill, he's dead. Right. Or, so he says, this is you get after my death. And I'm a clue. He didn't say anything. The get is void, because he can't give a get after your death. So he says, if I die, then you're divorced, it's too late. If he's dead, he can't longer, longer, he's not in a position to give a divorce. He's dead. There's no marriage. There's no connection anymore. He's not her husband anymore. He can't give a get. He can only give a get while you're alive. So he can't say, if he gives, I'm going to give you a get after I recover, when I'm no longer ill. And he dies from that illness. Of course, he's no longer ill because he's dead. But it's too late to give a get. Or he says clearly, explicitly, after I die, I'm giving you a get. He didn't say anything. It's meaningless. It's not a get. So I already know this concept that a husband is not present. He can't give a get. So why does the Mishnah have to come to teach me if he says, I'm giving you a get on the condition that I won't appear in the next 12 months? And then he dies within 12 months, it's not a get. Obviously, he can't come to teach me. He's not coming to teach me the reason that because he's no longer alive after 12 months. And he can't give a get after your death. The Mishnah already taught it clearly, explicitly. So obviously, the only reason, the only thing the Mishnah is coming to teach me, that if he got sick within those 12 months, he is alive after 12 months, but he got sick and he wanted to show up. He wanted to break the get, but he couldn't. And nevertheless, it is a kosher get. They teach me what Rava's principle. Rava derived correctly from our mission. So your mother says, no. Dilma, perhaps, maybe the Mishnah is speaking about a case where the husband died first. The Tani will learn the Baraiz, but I'll be saying to really not say the rabbis permitted them to remarry. The rabbis disagree with the mission. The Baraiz says the rabbis disagreed. The rabbis hold that when you give a get on the condition that he won't return within 12 months and then he dies within 12 months, they say the get is a kosher get. Because the get is retroactively. In other words, once I fulfill the condition, 12 months go by and it doesn't show up, then retroactively it's a good get. Because the get doesn't take place after 12 months. The get takes place today. But it's held in abeyance. It's held till, till we clarify if the condition was met. Once I clarify the condition was met, then the get is kosher now. So therefore he gave it when he was alive. It's a kosher get. So the mission does have to teach me about the case of him dying within the first 12 months. And to teach me that it's not a kosher get because the mission is arguing with the rabbis who say that it is a kosher get. But I can't learn anything from here regarding the case if he got sick in the, within the 12 months. The mission is not discussing that at all. Mm-hmm. So I can't prove one way or the other. But meanwhile, we said, Man Rabbi Seno, who are these rabbis? These are the members of the court that permitted oil. Your mother says, And this court allowed oil of idolaters. In the beginning, just like they banned uh, bread and, 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 and uh, other things made from a goy, um, so they also banned oil. But the Bezin Rebbehud and the Siyah permitted it. They allowed the use of oil. So they're, they're the rabbis and they hold it is a kosher gift. Savilok Rabbis, what's the reasoning of the rabbis? They hold like Rabbi Yaisi, who said 
that the date that's written on the document attests that it's retroactive. The, when was the date? The date wasn't for 12 months later. The date was for today. So therefore, it means when the, once the condition is met, and retroactively the get kicks in from the date that's written in the get. What does it mean permitted? So very quickly, just to recap, this is, he says, it's an argument in Abiyat and Abiyuda, if a person wants to leave his estate to his children, but he wants to eat it until the day that he dies, he wants to enjoy the profits and the yield and the produce, so, it, so he can't transfer, he can't write a deed, I'm transferring all my property after I die. And he's, then he can't transfer it. He can't transfer your property after you're done. Oh, yeah. So he has to, on the other hand, he doesn't want to transfer it today. Because if he transfers it today, then, then he's out. It belongs to the children. The children can kick him out. It's a legal deed. It's not nice, but they can do whatever they want. How do you guarantee I can eat it and at the same time, until I die? And at the same time, it's, then it's legally transferred. So he has to write from today and after my death. So from today indicates that, that from today that I am enjoying the uh, today and I'm going to enjoy the fruits today while I'm alive and after my death then the, the property will be transferred um, transferred to my children transferring the property to my children while I'm alive from today but after my death that until my death I am going to eat and enjoy my property when do my children get to enjoy the property that I transferred them today it's only after I die until I die I'm running the show and I'm going to enjoy the property. But if he admits, he doesn't say from today, then all he writes is after my death and it's not legally valid. Even if he admits the words from today, the fact that he put a date on the document, on the deed, that means it starts from today. That I'm transferring the property while I'm alive. But after my death, because I am going to enjoy the yield and the produce up until the moment I die, and then they can enjoy the property. Mm-hmm. So here would be the same argument. The argument between the rabbis and the b'raisa, mm-hmm. the Rabbi Yehuda Nasi and his Bezdin, and our Mishnah, is exactly this argument. That if he made a condition, the husband gave a get, and he wrote a bill of divorce, and he, wrote, he said a condition that only kicks in if I don't show up, if I don't appear in the next 12 months, and then he dies within the 12 months... So that will be an argument. So our Mishnah says it's not a kosher get. But that's the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. That, that the get kicks in only after 12 months. We don't just follow the date. Mm-hmm. But Rabbi, the, Rabbi Yehuda and the then and their best, and the B'raiths are saying no. Since he wrote a date on the bill of divorce, that means the get kicks in today. But it's held in abeyance because of the condition. But after 12 months pass, and he doesn't show up, then retroactively the get started 12 months ago and he was alive then. So it is a valid get. So where, do we, where does Rav then learn his principle that when it comes to Gitin, un, un, circumstances that are beyond your control, we don't take that into account? Well, rather me safe. We derive this from the end of the mission. And Gitin says over there, if he says to his wife, this is you get from now. If I don't return within 12 months, and he dies within 12 months, then, according to everyone, it's a get, because it's retroactive. Here he says clearly, from today. He, sp- states, he spells it out, from today. But it's only going to kick in after 12 months. And then it is, a, it is a kosher get to everyone. So what do we see from the here? Just like if he died, the same would be if he falls, if, he, if, he, if he's sick. If he doesn't show up, because he's sick. 
So even though he wanted a show, he wanted to cancel the get. He wanted to show, but he just couldn't. He was bedridden. Right. Doesn't matter. The bottom line is he didn't show up. So after 12 months, the get kicks in retroactively. The get is a get. So this proves at Rav's point that we don't take into account, when it comes to Gittin, we don't take into account circumstances that are beyond your control. And what's the proof? Maybe it's only in the case. Maybe, uh, no, so Gemara says, perhaps, maybe it's only in the case of Mace if he dies. Because if he dies, he doesn't want his wife to fall before the Yavah. He wants her to be free. She should be free to marry. That's why he makes, he writes a get in such a way. If I don't return. And in case of his death, and therefore he's not returning. He's not coming. He's not late. He's not coming. <laughs> so then, he doesn't want the fact that he died to invalidate the get. He wants to guarantee that the get is a kosher get. That's why he says, from today... If I don't show up 12 months, then retroactively, I gave you a get while I was alive, and therefore you're free to marry anyway. But in the case, if he was sick, if with circumstances beyond his control, and he couldn't show up, maybe, in that case, the get is not valid. He wanted to show up. He doesn't want to, he changed his mind, he doesn't want to divorce his wife. He couldn't, he was bedridden. Maybe in that case it's not a good get. How do I know he wants to give a get? Here he's writing a get only for, to protect her from a yivum. But if he's still alive, there's no question of a yivum. So maybe he really wanted to stay married with this woman. He wanted to show up and ca- cancel the get. He just couldn't. So maybe we do take into account uh, circumstances that are beyond your control. And therefore, it, you can't say he fulfilled his condition. Maybe he did not fulfill his condition. The only reason he didn't show up was because of circumstances beyond his control. He wanted to show up. In other words, you have to look, a condition, you have to look at his will, what he wants. So he made a condition. If I fulfill the condition, that means, that means I want to divorce you. I said I'm not going to show up. I chose not to show up. That means I'm, I want to divorce you. But if he wants to show up, he just can't. He can't say he fulfilled this condition. The condition was... I'm going to prove to you over 12 months that I'm sticking, I'm consistent. I'm not changing my mind every Monday and Thursday. <laughs> For 12 months, I'm going to stay away from you and I'm not going to show up. It means I really want to go through with this get. But if he couldn't show up because of circumstances beyond control, because he became bedridden, he was quarantined, it's not his fault, then it doesn't prove anything. How does it show that his will? It doesn't show that I want it. I want it to break the get. I don't want to give you a get. What are you telling me? It's a good get. I'm telling you, I don't want to give you it. I want to come. I just couldn't. Right. So how could you prove from this mission? How could you compare being sick with, with dying? Ella rather may her source is from this mission. A person once said to them, to, to the witnesses, yeah, the, the, the witnesses who were, who were who observed him giving giving the get to his wife. So he, tell, he turns to the to the witnesses and he tells if I don't appear for thirty days, then it's a valid get. What then also he came back at the end of thirty days with Paskim, but the river crossing stopped him. It was overflowing. He couldn't come. 
Right? There was no ferry, or by the time the ferry came, he would have already missed the deadline. He came late. He missed the last boat. He came late. He missed the last boat. He wasn't there at 7.30. He came late. Pascal, me, bud. Amalahu, he said to them, wait, I came back. Look, I'm here. I just can't cross. I'm here. Amashmuel, Shmuel says, that's not called coming. He didn't arrive into town. His condition was, if I don't come for 30 days, he didn't come. He wants to come. The water is stopping him. The boat is not there. By the time the boat comes, the ferry comes, it's going to be too late, but he wants to. It doesn't matter. You made a condition. Circumstance out of your control, but you made a condition, and the condition was fulfilled. So therefore, it's a good get. Even though the whole, per, the whole point of a condition was it's, a get has to be given willingly. The condition was, I'm only going to give it if this condition is met. Here he's screaming, I don't want to give a get. I want to come. I want to stop it. doesn't matter. You gave a get. You gave a condition. The condition was filled. Even though you, against your will, circumstances beyond, beyond your control, it doesn't matter. It's still a cushion. Uh, so it's not a proof from a mission. It's a proof from Shmuel's ruling. Maybe it's different. A commonly occurring uh, circumstance that's, that's like a ferry. You should have, you should have, you should have uh, calculated. You should, if, you really want to, if you really want to break the get, if you really want to stop it, you should have planned it and come early. Don't come the last minute. And then I missed the train. Of course. <laughs> because he came late. You could have planned this. It was no, no surprise. You know that the ferry has a time and you missed it. You missed it. So... In such a case, you're not serious. You can't say, I don't want to give a get. Of course, if you really didn't want to give a get, you would have planned it. So therefore, we don't take it into account. Because since he could have foreseen the possibility that the ferry is, is you know, he's going to miss the ferry. And he didn't. I mean, you know, it's his fault. It means you're not serious. You, can't, you really want to give a get. If you really don't want to give a get, you wouldn't make such a condition. Or you, you would have, you would have uh, taken it into account and you would have made sure to come before 30 days are up. But how do we know if it's a real illness? If it's a real, a real circumstance that are really beyond. You got bedridden. It wasn't your fault. You didn't plan it. You couldn't take it into account. And he's yelling, I want to come. I just can't. How do I know that even then the get is a good get? We say the condition was fulfilled. Rava is basing it on his own svarin, his own logic, his own reason. What's his reason? That he says that even though by biblical law, if he was prevented from fulfilling the condition because of circumstances beyond his control, the get is not valid. Because the get is not valid. Because the get has to be given willingly. Obviously, he doesn't want to give the get. He wanted to fulfill the condition, and he uh, he did not want to fulfill the condition. He tried not to fulfill the condition. He wanted to cancel it. He just couldn't. But the rabbi said that it is a good get. Why? Because it's noise. Because of modest women. Because of our concern regarding modest women. And because of prutzis, because of brazen women. Licentious women. Because if you're going to say, if you're going to say, that's not a get. 
There are times he would not be constrained by circumstances beyond his control. And really, therefore, he did fulfill the condition. And really, it is a get. But she will think that he was forced and the get is not valid. She's going to sit, she's going to be very strict, a real pious woman. She's going to sit and say, say, listen, I don't have a get. I'm stuck. Even though she is, does have a get. It's a kosher get. There was nothing stopping him from fulfilling his condition. And he could have fulfilled the condition. I mean, there was nothing stopping him from canceling the condition. And nevertheless, he fulfilled the condition willingly. It means it is a kosher get. So she's going to be stuck because she's going to think that maybe he really tried to break the condition and he just couldn't. And because of a woman who are brazen, the Amrit Lailava Git, if you're gonna say that it's not a kosher get, the there were times that he was forced, it was out of his hands. And that's why he fulfilled the condition. And biblically that doesn't matter. We take into account uh, circumstances that are beyond his control. That it's not called the fulfillment of a condition. If the reason he fulfilled the condition was because of circumstances beyond his control, that's not called fulfilling a condition. And therefore it's not a get. But she's going to say, she's going to argue, she wants to be free. So she's going to say, no, he could have, he could have, there's nothing stopping him, there were no circumstances beyond his control. He chose to fulfill the condition, and therefore, biblically, it is a get. And she's going to go ahead and marry. And then it's going to turn out that it was indeed circumstances beyond the husband's control. And therefore, the get is not a get. She committed adultery. And the children are going to be bastards. So therefore... The rabbi said that it is a kosher get. So you might ask, wait a second. What do you mean? How could the rabbis say it is a kosher get when biblically it's not a kosher get? She, it's adultery. She's a married woman. Do the rabbis have a power to give permission to a married woman to marry? So the mother says, in yes. And we're going to stop over here because called the Makadish, Makadish. Whoever betrothed, betrothes based on the will of the rabbis. In other words, I'm relying on the rabbis who interpret the religion of Moshe and Yisrael. In this case, the rabbis retroactively removed the whole Kiddush. So therefore she was never married. So therefore she's free. The rabbis have that power. You can't just do it whenever you want. It's only in these circumstances that the rabbis expressly say we use exercise our power that we have. This is the, one of the rare cases the rabbis exercise their power and retroactively change the marriage uh, retroactively. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. It should be a good beginning.